0: Hi everyone and welcome back to Fast Charge, I am your host Dom and I am joined by the exact same group of people I had with me last week, Lewis and Toddy who are always here, but Chris has made a surprise run, two weeks running, that's great. Uh, We're not getting in Mexico though because he is going on holiday, well by that I mean he's just not working for a few days (laughs) rather than going away. I'm going to be be in the garden. (laughs) That sounds pretty good to be fair. I don't even have a garden. I've got I've got a tiny balcony. I can just about squeeze a table onto. <laughs> That's my lot. <laughs> anyway, we have a very busy week, so I shouldn't be sort of dawdling in the preamble. Actually, there's been loads this week. It's been mental. Um, there have been so many phone launches that we actually cannot cover some of the phone launches today, and we're just going to shunt them to aside for next week. Uh, what we are going to talk about today, the elephant in the room, is the OnePlus Nine launch. Uh, And spoiler, Chris and I actually didn't like them that much, which was, I think, as much of a surprise for us as it was for anyone who's read our content. So we're going to talk through what we think really went wrong with the OnePlus 9 series for us this time around and why it feels like such a big step back coming from last year's Excellent 8s. Speaking of Excellent 8s, Toddy is then going to talk about the Realme 8 series. Uh, He's been reviewing the 8 Pro. Uh, but there's also a a slightly cheap 8 he's going to talk through them and why they look like pretty compelling budget offerings, but that actually the 8 Pro maybe has already been pipped by something else we've spoken about on the show. And then speaking of good budget things, Poco has waded into the room with yet another set of, uh, I think it's fair to call them budget beasts, given that that's the kind of terminology it keeps using. (laughs) It called the new Poco F3, the real beast, uh, (laughs) which is one hell of a way to describe a phone. Um, there's a POCO F3 and the POCO X3 Pro. Uh, they are both pretty affordable handsets, and in classic POCO style, they are ridiculously overspec would for the price. And there's a lot to unpack there, and they look like they could once again be the best cheap phones of this year. Before then, a few other bits of phone bits and pieces from this week that we cannot cover in full today. First up, today Motorola finally unveiled the G100 a.k.a. the Edge S, as it was known when it launched in China. Uh, Toddy, you covered this, but basically it's a sort of mid-range phone running the Snapdragon 870. It's the most powerful G-series phone we've seen yet, um, but it also has one weird little surprise to it, right? Uh,
1: yes, it's the it's a terrible name, as Chris and I were talking about before we start the episode. It's Ready For, which is basically a desktop experience where if you plug the phone into a dock, you can connect a monitor, I think, via HDMI, and then you can wirelessly connect a boot, uh, keyboard and mouse, And you have a desktop-like experience with windowed apps running from the phone. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not something we've, you know, it's something we've seen with Samsung DeX and Huawei's desktop mode. It's actually something we've seen from Motorola way back in like the early 2010s when they had the things like the Motorola Atrix, which ran webtop, which is basically the same idea. It's not new per se, but it's a nice return and it's a much more refined take on that from Motorola.
0: Uh, So that looks interesting. We don't have a G100 with us right now, but Motorola are sending us one. So I think we are probably going to talk about the G100 next week with a bit of luck, because I think at that point, one of us should have had the phone for a few days, had the chance to try out the Ready for Dock experience, and then we'll have a bit more to say. Uh, Similarly, next week, we will hopefully talk about the Vivo X60 series. Uh, These were actually announced in China back in December but Vivo has finally confirmed this week that it's giving them an international rollout. In classic confusing Vivo fashion, it has done that without actually announcing any prices or release dates for that international rollout, at least not for the UK and Europe, uh, though it did give some pricing info for India at least. Um, We will talk about it next week because I have a couple of them here. I have the Vivo X60 Pro and the X60 Pro Plus. I've been reviewing the Pro this week. I'm about to switch tomorrow to the Pro Plus. So with a bit of luck, this time next week, I'll be able to give you all my thoughts on those two phones, the range in general, and how those Zeiss cameras stack up. Uh, things that uh, other launches this week Snapdragon. Uh, we had two new Snapdragon chips in in a week, both slightly out of nowhere. Uh, one we'll talk about more later, which is the Snapdragon 860, mm. which turned up in the Poco X3 Pro. So there's just one phone with it. The only announcement was it's in this phone. Uh, it's a bit like the 870 in that the 870 was an overclocked 865. The 860 is an overclocked 855. So in a funny way, it's a two-year-old chip, but it's also a brand new chip because Qualcomm's strategy is now. Uh, they have also announced today the Snapdragon 780 which I think is more straightforward in that this seems to me to be positioned as the successor to the 765G. Is that fair? Uh,
1: yeah, 765, 768G. The main kind of thing that they put in the press release is that it's like 40% better like CPU performance than its predecessor. It didn't explicitly call it the 765G was its predecessor, but that's what we're assuming. Uh, but it's yeah, it's is better. It's got uh, a better ai core it's got uh, a new is triple isp the weird kind of hook is that in their press release you could effectively take 23 simultaneous 25 megapixel images from your phone's main ultra wide and zoom camera at the same time if you wanted to because it can do that i don't know why that's a feature or something <laughs> you'd want to do but that's how they were trying to push how good their yeah. triple isp setup is on this chip but yeah it's got 5 built in and
0: Part of that stuff is just about night modes and HDR, yeah. right? Capturing simultaneous shots. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. when you need to do yeah. it across various, the different sensors at the same time, I don't
1: entirely understand. But you can. Um, and it's got you can now integrated on 5G series. and it's got a, it's built on a five nanometer, five nanometer process just like the 888.
0: Cool. Um, so yeah, we, the 765G and, and to a lesser extent, the 768G were super popular chips. There's loads of upper mid-range and cheaper flagship phones using them curious to see if this will take the same spot in the market. Uh, It's up against the fact that there's now this new Qualcomm strategy, as I've just mentioned, of having these older 8-series flagships re-released with the overclock specs, and we've already seen those start to prove popular. So I do wonder if the 780 will dominate in the way the 765G did last year, but we'll see. Uh, next up, some slightly sadder news that this is still not set in stone. I've seen this reported as fact, but it's still a bit questionable. Uh, it looks increasingly likely that LG is about to sell its phone business. Um, a lot of people this year, this week were saying, you know, that's it. It's gone. RIP LG. It's worth saying the company has said nothing yet. Um, all this is, is that a Korean paper has reports that they were trying to sell their phone business to a Vietnamese company called Vintech and that sale fell through. So that's not happening. And then this specific report said that the only option internally left is is uh, just shuttering the whole thing, essentially. Um, but we've only heard this from one one uh, newspaper report based in Korea. We don't know for sure. LG may still have something up its sleeve. It may find another buyer. It may turn things around another way. But it's looking increasingly likely that LG may be done as a mobile phone entity. And with that, that, things like the LG Rollable might simply never come out, which would be sad. Uh, we'll definitely kind of cover this in more detail at some point, but I wanted to wait till we really know that it's happening. Whereas right now, it still feels a little speculative. Um, and finally, since that was a bit of a downer, let's have some good news. Uh, Xiaomi has promised the most exciting phone event of the year, the Xiaomi <laughs> Mega Launch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i can't i can't wait uh it's next monday it's a china event so don't expect uh, global pricing and stuff like that but has already promised this mega launch will feature the mi 11 pro and the mi 11 ultra and the return of the mi mix line we haven't seen a mi mix phone since the mi mix alpha concept device that wrap around screen thing that was very cool uh expectation right now is that that's going to be Xiaomi's foldable whatever this new mi mix is so we could be seeing two new like super flagship devices plus a new foldable and to be honest i'm also expecting them being xiaomi to throw out some wearables or like a a flying scooter or something like that um but we'll see okay uh that is the good news done because now we want to talk about how rubbish the oneplus phones are (laughs) <laughs> i'm sorry they're not that bad but the oneplus 9 phones have arrived uh anyone who watches or listens to the show on the regular will know that broadly speaking we are fans of oneplus and and we've we've generally been impressed um i can say for myself i kind of sat down and thought about this i've given five star reviews to three at least three separate oneplus devices wow. i can think of the 7 pro the 8 pro and the nord um, there's no other brand i've given that many five star reviews to um and and i've the lowest I've ever scored them before was probably a four or even a four and a half. I don't know. You know, I, I generally think they are great. Oxygen OS is fantastic. They have an excellent design sense, very strong hardware, and a good balance of, of features. Uh, I did not like the 9 Pro. I, I did not like it very much at all. And um, I think the most damning thing I can say in a way is it, it's the first OnePlus flagship I reviewed that I was quite happy to take my SIM out of and, and move on to something else, which has never happened to me before. Um, So yeah, I reviewed the 9 Pro, Chris reviewed the 9. We had similar feelings, I think. And I guess really our issues boil down to just two main areas. So I guess we'll just go through them in turn. Uh, First up is the design, which I I, I don't want to speak for Chris, but I I found I I saw both phones because they both came to my house for photography before we sent the 9 on to Chris. Um, I found them both chunky. They're bulky um there's a sort of gracelessness to the design and especially to the camera module which really feels like it's just been like wonked on the back and the lenses have been thrown in without much thought about where they're gonna go um yeah chris has got the the nine and and this is the nine pro that i've got here it's, they're just there it's fine very heavy very chunky um they're getting towards like s21 ultra thickness and heft Uh, It's not quite as heavy as the Ultra, but it's not that far off. But even that's with smaller displays and everything. There's really no good reason for them to be this big and heavy. Um, And for me, also just the look and feel of the finishes. These are the um, Morning Mist and Winter Mist we've got here, which are their two super reflective new finishes. They're both kind of misted in the top half and then shinier in the bottom. They look cheap to me. I thought it looked like a budget device. This is actually the finish on on the pro that the kind of silvery um, morning mist is the finish that we saw a while ago on the Dave 2D leak. Um, the phone that got the images within him. And I, at the time, assumed that was a prototype finish. And that that's why it looked so rubbish was because that was just, you know, the the placeholder shiny, shiny gray version they they were testing some stuff on it. It never crossed my mind that that might actually be a final finish of the phone. And so when I opened the box and that's what was there, I was really like, oh, really? Um, it's It's got, it's very shiny. It's a fingerprint magnet. It's very bland looking. It's got none of the, I know OnePlus has done interesting stuff with with the feel and the colors they've used before. Uh, lots of frosted glass, textured glass, things like that. This just, I don't know, doesn't, doesn't have much grace to it. Is that fair, Chris?
2: Yeah, totally. I just, I, I just want to know why, and I don't think we've really, I don't think they've really explained why they've made this change, why they've chosen these finishes, um, and stuff. And yeah, basically the same. I mean, like, I'm not a big fan of pink, and this is quite pink, but like, <laughs> the fact is, like they've done in the past, they've they're tying this colour to the top skew. So if you want. The twelve gigabytes of RAM, the two hundred and fifty-six gigabytes of storage—you have to have this pink one, um, mm. which is called Winter Mist. Um, I mean,
0: I'll say, you know, for the dissenting voice, there. Everyone who watches this probably know by now. I love a purple phone, um, and I do prefer that finish to the to the just grey of the of the nine Pro. Um, I think that one holds up better, but yeah, they are there are nicer, nicer looking other finishes. They're black, so sort of they might be fine this year. The pine green of the nine Pro looks quite nice, um, but it's just yeah. If, if, if we I haven't seen them in person, so I don't know how they look in person, so I can't really comment. Um, yeah. And it is frustrating that they are tied to certain specs and storage. So if you know the color you want, you might be limited to certain specs, and and vice versa.
2: I still so we saw like in our in our briefing, obviously we sort of having to do briefings on zoom still um like the 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 guy from oneplus showed us the pine green one and i was like oh that one looks amazing but mm-hmm. but it's only the pro and it's only um that's the top spec one in yeah for the, the uk, UK I think it even though yeah so we've got the 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 silver one but that's not actually the top spec here but it is mm-hmm. elsewhere it just gets really confusing like i want to buy a product as a consumer and i want to go in and choose my color and choose my storage like that's what you know people are used to i don't think there's really a good excuse for it
0: that you has know. always been oneplus's way to be fair yeah um, they yeah, they always but... tie colors and specs and skews together um it's it i guess it's it's one of those things that's bothered me a little bit before and i've flagged in reviews but it's not bothered me enough because generally i thought they all look good anyway and this is the first year where you feel like well actually like some of these look downright awful um and and while i do think that some of the other colors look better it is again worth flagging the phones are thick and heavy and they're all going to be thick and heavy. So even if you get the better color, um, you know, I, I've run through, been lucky enough to run through a few of the flagships this year. I've had the Xiaomi Mi 11 and the Oppo Find X3 Pro, um, the OnePlus 9 Pro. And then, like I said, I've got the two the new vivos here as well. And this is a bigger phone than any of them. It's a heavier phone than any of them. It's a thicker phone than any of them. Um, it just doesn't feel as nice to pick up and use. Uh, and it's the, the, the only one of these phones that looks and feels better once you throw it into a case. Hmm. Um, I preferred it with the case on, uh, than I did yeah. to, I've got, yeah, uh, out, I've got the
2: sandstone like one. Yeah. It, it's quite nice in this. If you are gonna put it in a case, uh, they include a, you know, clear silicone one, but if you don't like the color that doesn't solve that problem. Yeah. Um, I'd like you say, I, I, the previous phone I reviewed to this was the Redmi note 10 pro and that's. 279 dollars and it's no i think it's thinner lighter still has a headphone jack just felt Mm. generally nicer and it's like how this phone is 629 quid and that's 70 quid more than the 8t was yeah just uh and it doesn't have this still doesn't have an ip rating of any kind
0: yeah um I mean, I guess it's worth moving on you know, with that onto the actual specs, because in fairness, broadly speaking on the specs, there's still very little to complain about here. Um, both of these phones are on the Snapdragon 888. So, you know, you are getting that top spec processor. That means 5G. Um, charging is exceptional on both. 65 watt wired charging on, on both models and wireless charging on both. So this is the first time the, the non-pro has gotten any wireless charging. Um, it's only 1515 watts on the regular nine. But a much faster 50 watts on the Nine Pro, though as always with these fast wireless charging phones, that's only if you drop another 70 pounds or, or sort of rough equivalent in dollars or euros uh, to buy the official OnePlus wireless charger. So I'm always a bit skeptical about that because I think most people will just use whatever you know cheap and cheerful, cheap chargers they have around the house, and will only get that 10 watt speed anyway. Um, but anyway, charging speed is great. Core specs are great. Lots of RAM and storage, which is which is great. There's still no expandable micro SD. You get an IP rating on the Pro, although you don't on the regular. Um, Gorilla Glass, though oddly they're, they're Gorilla Glass 5, not 6 or Victus, which feels like a slightly odd uh, place to make a cost saving. But yeah, they are an older Gorilla, Gorilla Glass spec. Uh, and it's worth addressing just one thing on, on build quality, because uh, I know there's been some discussion about this. Uh, they are both glass back. And the 9 Pro has metal frames, but the 9 has plastic frames with a metalized finish so that they still look and feel like metal. So I know there's been a bit of debate about exactly what these things are made of. Um, But again, that's a nice... That's, I think, a better space than than Samsung went into with the S21 where they put a plastic back on the phone. Like, even on the regular 9, which is cheaper than S21, you're still getting glass. So there is a lot that's still good
2: here. the the, it does... despite the weight and the thickness, it does feel nice in the hand, like the, the curved Gorilla Glass at the back um, mm. and something else I've forgotten. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, I,
0: I disagree on the hand feel, but um, well, I don't, I don't want to dwell on that for too long. Um, we but need the big, to talk I about mean, Hasselblad. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the big <laughs> thing we've got to cover, right, is the camera because OnePlus positioned all of this as, you know, this is the year that they, they fix the camera. This is the year they they deliver on that promise and finally compete with the, the big big boys on that. Uh, and they brought Hasselblad in to help them do that. And it, they have absolutely not pulled it off. Um, I, I, I can't even be as cautiously optimistic as a lot of other people, because I know other people have just sort of seen this as, well, it's only the beginning of the partnership. They're going to go somewhere. Um, you know, it steps forward. For me, whatever they've done so far has been a step back. Um, I took the 8 Pro out with me with the 9 Pro, took the exact same photos on both both phones uh came back and looked at the results and not every time about nine times out of ten i preferred the shot i got out of the 8 pro which is i don't know that's about as damning as i can be about this camera's performance (laughs) it's still solid because the 8 pro camera was very solid but if the point is you're dropping close to a grand and you want the best camera around and a camera that can compete with samsung and apple like this just isn't there and it's still nowhere near there um so the core specs of what you're getting uh, both of them have um, uh, forty-eight megapixel main sensors, and then uh, fifty megapixel ultra wides. They actually have the exact same ultra wide in them, uh, and both both it's the same ultra wide that's in the Oppo Find X3 Pro. Um, they do have different main sensors. The Pro uses the uh, a custom IMX seven eight nine. Um, so this is apparently completely custom built for OnePlus. It's not in any other phone. Uh, Whereas the OnePlus 9 uses the IMX689, still 48 megapixel, it's just a slightly smaller sensor, it's not as customized, it's the one from last year. Um, There is a difference, I took a few quick sample shots with them both while I had both phones here, and you could definitely see some slightly different colouring and and white balance coming out. But I I don't think there was a huge quality difference between the 9 and the 9 Pro from the main camera. Both also have, as I've already seen someone flag in the comments, uh, this really silly monochrome lens, Hmm. which absolutely just feels like lens count padding of the kind you see on budget phones. Uh, Again, OnePlus has been guilty of this before. We've seen the monochrome lens before. We've also seen the sort of like X-ray lens fiasco uh, and stuff like this. They do seem to love to just throw a lens on because they've got them kicking around the factory floor. uh, And it lets them call it a four camera rather than a three camera. Ignore the monochrome lens. It helps if you want to take black and white photos, but how often are you really doing that? Uh, and honestly, software is pretty good at meeting, meeting in the middle anyway. Um, so the real camera difference between them is just that the Pro has a telephoto as a 33 times zoom lens. But again, a 33 times nowhere near the 10 times you're going to see on uh, the, the Samsung offerings and things like that. So that's the basic spec. Um, the issue really is, is kind of the performance and, and what Hasselblad actually brought brought to the equation or didn't. we spoke about this last week or, or didn't <laughs> exactly um we spoke about this last week and and what OnePlus had said Hasselblad were bringing um the concrete hardware like contribution is a free form wide angle lens which you do find on both both of the phones um basically what that means is a physical lens that helps reduce edge distortion on the ultra wide so you know straight lines will be straight they won't curve slightly at the edge of frame um as i said last week I was a bit skeptical of this because it's good, but software's gotten pretty good at fixing that already. Like post-processing can handle that. And that is kind of what I saw here. Yes, it is good. The lines are straight at the edge of frame, but I not appreciably different to what we've seen on others. I think maybe there's a fractional improvement, and some people will appreciate that. But this is really getting into the like, you know, nitty-gritty detail. Um otherwise the ultra-wide is fairly solid, and it is nice to have a Sort of good lens and a good sensor on the wide angle. And I like that trend of people throwing better cameras into the wide angle. Um, But for me, the disappointment was actually the main lens because it's, uh, and, and the funny thing is that my disappointment was the color, which is the main (laughs) software contribution Hasselblad apparently (laughs) made it's color calibration a color optimization. And uh, yeah, anyone on the, on the feed will see Toddy's following up an image that as a sample I took where that's three photos taken of a sunset all three were taken at the exact same time or, you know, seconds apart on the three lenses uh, on the 9 Pro. So completely different white balance and color and tone across the three lenses. That's a very extreme case. I never saw any gap that extreme any other time. But you do, you can notice it all the time. They come out a little bit different. Each lens goes its own way. Um And regardless of consistency, because consistency is one problem, but how often do you really Need to show off different photos from the same from different lenses. It just I don't know the the the. F- they talk about it being natural colors, but actually, I found it the complete opposite. Very unnatural, very amped up. <laughs> uh, blues in particular just spiked. Um, all of the sh- sky shots, like sunny days that I took with the main lens, it looked like I'd photoshopped the skies in. Um, really over the top blue. England has never looked that nice. I promise <laughs> you. I've been a few years. Uh, <laughs> and anyone would just look at that and say oh yeah you've just cranked saturation up after the fact or cranked the the vivid the, the vivid slider um and details were lost um there's a lot of really aggressive post production sharpening which means a you see again these like frills around objects but also it cranks up the noise in all the rest of the image so even without zooming in or only zooming in a tiny bit you could see like really noisy skies, even in like a midday shot and great lighting, there'd be noise all over the sky and the clouds. And I'm sorry, but uh, the camera in a thousand pound phone shouldn't do that.
1: <laughs> like OnePlus is
0: always Ran over. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> like they've, they've worked hard Mike to jumped. try, yeah,
1: to try and address this. Cause they've always had, it's always been their weakest part of their most powerful devices has been the camera. Mm. And that, you know, I think we talked about it only a couple of weeks ago, uh, was my, my thinking behind why they stuck for so long on sensors like the IMX586, which they use in so many of their phones, because they 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 needed the time with the same hardware to perfect their software. Yep. And this phone, maybe more than any of the others, has a bunch of new sensors in it, not just one on one, but like, you know, two of its main sensors are completely new hardware. Um, I don't think they're on the 8T either, unless I'm mistaken. Maybe one of them is. But uh, yeah, so. Not from the nine pros, yeah. Maybe. It's, it's, I don't know whether the failing is Hasselblad or OnePlus, but I would go. I would assume it was actually OnePlus's fault just because Mm -hmm. they don't have a great track record of being able to master the hardware, new camera, hardware quickly.
2: Absolutely. I I just find it really ironic that, you know, in the briefing we were told like multiple times, just how many hours they'd spent. (laughs) <laughs> with Hasselblad like f- fine tuning and then oh more and more yeah, damage months... <laughs> and, and somebody <laughs> had noticed you know a very small error that they then you know, like spent you know three days and nights like fine tuning yeah. to get it exactly right and and then you know Dom shows me those samples and then I go out to do like my proper test like over the weekend and 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 even though the 9 doesn't have the telephoto, it still has the option to to you know do a zoom shot and it's just cropping on the main sensor. And bizarrely, I've got the exact same problem with colors. Like I took three shots of uh, a red door on a church and again, the ultra wide, the, the main and the cropped in at all different colors like it goes from sort of red to pink to orange and it's like but hang on the the third one's just cropping the main sensor like it's the exact same camera like how's it doing that yeah just you'd expect
0: a little Um, shift because there's different stuff in frames it's going to handle the white balance differently but we're we're talking very sharp shifts in in tone and balance Um, yeah i I didn't have
2: oddly yeah i didn't have the same level of noise and sort of hdr issues that the Pro had which is kind of ironic as well because this is the cheaper model
0: and again um, though I think that highlights what Toddie was saying about sensors because the 9 uses the same sensor that the 8 Pro used if I'm if I'm remembering right so they've had a year with that sensor to, to tune in a little better so in a way I'm not surprised that actually it came out better because that's the one they know how to work with whereas this this the Pro uses that new sensor and, and conversely it had a lot more issues with noise Um, you know if you don't need the telephoto the 9 right now is a better performing camera than the 9 Pro hmm. from our tests, which is really messed up. And it reminds me of the issue with the S20 the S twenty Ultra last year, where it came out and it had worse cameras on the regular S20 range, but it was just because they had issues. There was, you know, software problems, focus problems in that case. Um, and as with that, it's all software. So this will get better. And I, uh, OnePlus has had a slightly ropey track record on updates recently, but I do trust that they will work on camera and they are quite aggressive about camera fixes. So I'm sure, like this camera performance would improve over time. Um, but still, you know, we've got to review it as it is at launch, and and as it is at launch, it's simply not a very good camera for the price, um, and and a worse camera for the price than they delivered last year, especially considering that both phones have gone up in price year on year. Uh, so the the sort of, you know, but this was another part of my my issue with the phone, the space they're in this year is that. It's a year when actually we've seen Apple and Samsung and Xiaomi all do their best to trim the starting prices of their phone lines, their flagship series, um, and get more aggressive in, in the opening price they offer to people, while OnePlus has, has cranked its prices up a notch. And so it feels like a phone, a, you know, a pair of phones that are less attractive, have worse cameras, and cost more than last year. And I just don't really see how how we could recommend that you go and buy one when when you that's the them- situation.
2: You can still get the eight T for five four nine, and I'm sure that will go down soon. Absolutely. And both the eight and eight Pro are in the Amazon Spring Sale right now at two hundred and fifty quid off. So you can get the regular eight for three four nine. You could buy pretty much two for the same price as the <laughs> nine, and that's that's only, it's just, you know that's a twelve month old phone that's still perfectly good. Absolutely. And, um, and you know that's, that's always the
0: case a bit with new new releases. A There's bit. always like, oh, I'll buy the old, buy the year old one, but. Yeah. This feels like an extreme case where it's really hard to recommend anyone buying buying these ones as they are right now, unless OnePlus turns out some really serious um, patches to the camera experience. Um, before we move on, it's worth addressing the other things that did launch because it wasn't just those two phones. Um, first up, there's also the, the OnePlus 9R, uh, which is a third cheaper model. We talked about this before. It drops down to the Snapdragon 870 rather than the 888, and the camera setup is a little different. That's actually really the only change. A lot of the rest is the same. Uh, it's got the same 65 watt wired charging, so though no wireless. It's still made of glass. It's still got the same 120 hertz AMOLED panel as the 9, I believe. Um, it looks like a really solid phone. The only shame is it's an India exclusive. So if you're not in India, then the 9R is not coming out where you are. There's been no indication it will ever launch anywhere else. Um, I assume it's because they don't really want it to cannibalize it's the Nord and get too close to the Nord price point and positioning mm-hmm. elsewhere. Um, but that's a shame because it actually looks like a more more compelling offering than the 9 or the 9 Pro to me. Uh, and we also finally got the OnePlus Watch. Um, Toddy, I'm going to turn to you because I, I was so busy with the phones, I barely had time to pay any attention to what the watch does. Uh, sure,
1: yeah, the... the... The rumors or talk of a OnePlus watch have kind of stemmed back as far as 2015, 2016. There was even like I think mm-hmm. Carl Pay at like when he was still working with the company pushed out a tweet of like sketches of the watch from way back when. So they've had it in their heads. years i'm not sure why now is the time you know they also introduced the oneplus band this year in india again as an exclusive um so maybe it's just that their strategy is they're trying to really flesh out their ecosystem now and this is the year that that happens uh the watch itself is it it's pretty um there's nothing massively distinct about the design. Um, nothing really stands out to me. It does say OnePlus along the side of the casing. There's a, uh, I think, a black or a silver, or like a white version. Um, and then there's a special edition cobalt alloy version, which is basically a gold finish. Um, but the specs between them are pretty much the same. It can do, you know, your standard fare of stuff, heart rate, sleep, sports tracking, breathing exercises, um and such and it's not running Wear OS we don't know what like the chip is inside either Uh, it's running I think even though they never said it officially the the talk was it was running something called RTOS or real-time OS but it sounds similar to what you might get on an Amazfit uh, smartwatch Um, so it's Mm -hmm. a proprietary user experience that is designed to give you a few smart features whilst balancing battery life so it promises about two weeks on a charge um and the coolest feature frustratingly is also an india exclusive feature because it ties into the oneplus tv which again is something that launched i think in end of 2019 um and mm. i don't think you can buy them anywhere else uh when i was writing the story up but it basically um you know it gives you it acts as a bridge between the phone and the TV. So if a call comes in on your phone, the watch will um, reduce the volume on your TV automatically, which is quite cool. Uh, the other feature is if it detects that you've fallen asleep whilst the TV is on or you've gone to bed, it will turn the TV off for you. So you don't have to find the remote, turn the TV off. You can just go to bed and it will just turn off because the watch knows that you're sleeping, which is cool.
0: There's something about that that's very cool that speaks to the the idea that the OnePlus audience is maybe the young single tech fan fan. As soon as you're watching TV with someone else and you fall asleep <laughs> and the TV switches off. I don't think this
1: is the first time that that demographic <laughs> has been linked with the OnePlus brand. <laughs> so yeah, that's probably a fair assumption. Um, yeah. And they're leaning into that. I say that, that so as someone who watches a lot of TV yeah, on their own. Sure. So it yeah, sure. No great shade. To me, no shade at all. But,
0: uh, you know, if, if you are, remember, if you've watched TV with a partner or, or family... Uh, this might really get on their nerves when the TV is switching <laughs> off just because you always fall asleep after dinner. I
1: would assume you can turn this feature off. It's tied to the OnePlus Health. Uh, to know whether, you know, we've not really seen OnePlus do fitness stuff before the band and the watch. So to yeah. see how well all that fitness tracking is, we'll have to wait and see. But overall, it looks like a nice uh, watch. I think the pricing is pretty good as well. It's like around £150 dollars in that kind of area. Yep. So it's pretty competitive too. Um, so yeah, I, just so get one now.
0: Yeah, totally. I was surprised by the pricing. Mm. I thought that was more competitive than I, I expected them to go a bit more premium yeah. on the watch in terms of the price point they were hitting. So this is definitely a more aggressive move. Um, and it makes sense given, like you said, this is more in the Amazfit range of like a fitness tracker plus some smart stuff. Yeah. yeah. Not a full-fledged no. Galaxy Watch, Apple Watch competitor. Yeah. So, you know, rein your expectations in, in that sense. But if the main focus you want is fitness stuff and notifications, it looks like it'll do that well. Um, It certainly looks better than the 9 Pro. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Moving on to phones that we like a little bit more. and I I should say before we close, because I've been ragging on the 909 Pro, but we gave the Nine four stars and the 9 Pro 3.5 stars. These are still pretty good phones. I think a lot of people would buy them and be happy with them. And performance is very solid across the board. There's a lot to like. So, um, you know, there are strengths to these devices i think we're just used to a very high standard from oneplus and these really don't feel like they hit that and they don't feel competitive which is the disappointment though
2: it's, it's partly just how good the mid-range is getting as well like yeah you know when you take into the you know when you take those markets into account you know you sort of have to start getting this nitpicky you know absolutely
0: and i'm curious and it's, it's funny we, we we moan about oppo getting one plus getting closer into bed with oppo but then Oppo put out a much better looking flagship series than the Find X3. Um, so, you know, it might do OnePlus some favours. Uh, next, we have the Realme 8 series. So way down at the other end of the price spectrum. Um, Realme is very aggressive in its update cycle because it's currently updating these, like... It was a year ago we had the Realme 6, six months ago the Realme 7. So these are on a biannual sort of number change. Um but yeah, we have the Realme 8 and the Realme 8 Pro, and Tolly, you've been reviewing the 8 Pro, yes, which is an interesting one, because at least in the UK, it is the exactly same price as the Xiaomi Redmi Note 10 Pro that Chris <laughs> spoke about last week. They're both £279, um, which lines you up for very direct comparisons that don't always come up favorably for the Realme even though actually on the whole this is a really good answer.
1: Yeah, it, it, that price point is 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 obviously a like a popular one for Realme because the Realme 7 Pro which you know as we just established is only about it's not even a year old, half a year old no. is the same price. Um I think it's dropped now it would have dropped probably because this is out. Um the Realme 7 5G is the same price. Um <laughs> this is a 4G phone and then of course the the Redmi Note 10 Pro as well. So Um, I think this is one of the first uh, Realme phones, we've seen this on their devices in China and maybe India but this is the first one I've reviewed where they've actually got the the big Dare to Leap slogan emblazoned across the back I don't love it but that's, I'm not necessarily I mean they always talk about that, like having a very youthful audience and apparently this is something that they are are down for so cool, I'm not youthful enough to be the target (laughs) audience for this device um, based on that metric But beyond that. It is an interesting
0: one, (laughs) though, to flag, just because Mm. we have seen this before on the Chinese handsets, and in the past, it's always been taken off. Yes. By the time they make it to Europe. So, this is the first time, like you said, that they've kept this big font design on the back for the European release, and I'm fascinated what they think has changed about the European taste, that suddenly that's going to play well for them.
1: Yeah, I say, like, is it a sign of things to come in the review? Because I do wonder slash worry that it is. Uh, I hope it mm. isn't, but it's not the the worst thing. I guess it's frustrating as well because it comes with a transparent case, so you can't even hide it with the case <laughs> out of the box. Um, as you kind of alluded to, the, the it was so hard to write this review without just constantly thinking about the the Redmi Note 10 Pro, the Xiaomi phone, because as well as the same price point, they use not just the same 100, uh, they don't, won't... Both don't just have a 108 megapixel camera. They have the same Samsung sensor. Um, and also, you know, this has a 60 hertz, 6.4 inch AMOLED display. The Redmi has a 120 hertz. Uh, this has a Snapdragon 720G, just like the Realme 7 Pro. The Redmi has a 732G. Is that right, Chris? So yep. that little yep. bit snappier. I think the same chip that was in the uh, Poco X3 NFC, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yep. So, um there's a few bits that just made me think that uh, whilst real me is clearly like pushing for them, they still aren't quite being able to compete with Xiaomi. Um, the whole point of this phone is the camera, that 108 meg sensor. Xiaomi has been slapping quad camera, quad camera sensors on its phones for yonks. Now that's kind of one of the kind of tick boxes, basically, regardless of what the sensors are on its phones. Um, and they've always topped out at 64 megs at the most. Um, the regular Realme eight, moves from uh versus the Realme 7 48 to 64 this moves yep. up to 108 um it's a good sensor absolutely it's a Samsung sensor it's uh, I think like the Note 20 Ultra uses an HM1 as did the S21 mm-hmm. S20 Ultra excuse me whereas the S21 Ultra uses an HM3 and this is kind of like you know the middle child between the two with this chipset and in Realme's hands it's the best camera Realme's made but it is still not a particularly impressive or competitive camera in terms of just raw power. Um, The image quality is good. Like general shooting, you're going to have a great time. It can do low light photography with pretty good noise reduction. Um, And it has starry mode, which is their like super night mode, which when I first tested it last year was actually pretty good compared to the Pixel. Um, They've now added in, it's more the features where they're trying to help this phone stand out camera wise. So you've got a time-lapse starry mode video feature so you can do like the stars moving across the night sky that's cool. um, and they've got a tilt shift mode which actually my version the software never hit but there is a tilt shift mode um that's something you can sort of achieve in instagram with like a quick tweak once you've taken your photo there's, so have... there's a
0: tilt shift on the new one pluses as well oh, They're right. kind of very, they didn't really mention yeah. it in the pre-briefs and i got into the phone i was like oh there's tilt shift mode um yeah it's one of those cool features but definitely a little niche.
1: Yeah, well, one of the um one of the most ambitious I think things beyond anything else they talked about really was the fact that they said that it's it has 3 time zoom that is as good as optical. But it is mm. effectively a hybrid. No, it's not even hybrid. It is effectively just digital zoom with AI car, support. Yeah. Um, so it's
0: doing multiple exposures I, and cropping and combining them, right? Yeah. So Something I think it's like, like
1: eight photos it takes, and then it, it yeah. uses that to, iron, as it would anyway, just taking any photo where yeah. it combines multiple shots and combines multiple pixel data because it's got you know 108 megapixels means a 12 meg shot uses the data from nine pixels per one pixel if that makes sense. Um, mm. Generally though, yes, nine the,
2: into one. Yeah,
1: <laughs> into one. The camera is good. Um, the zoom photos are. Are totally usable, but again, nothing to write home about. I'd say they maybe are a little bit better than just a straight digital zoom without any AI intervention. Um, mm-hmm. but I did test it just because I had it against the Ultra, which I know is obviously a ridiculous comparison. <laughs> but it was the closest thing I had that had a, a yeah. native three time yeah. zoom. Um and just yeah, the, the the fine detail just isn't there. Um
0: that makes sense. Yeah, but I have to be fair seen some people saying, I know you, you talked about it earlier, but that The one hundred eight holds up kind of favorably when you compare it to things like the S twenty one Ultra's hundred and eight. Price-wise, it's not yeah. on the same level, but it's not the same price. Absolutely. But it's not as far off that as you might think, given the it's a third of the
1: price. No, this phone like kind of you know tiptoes between our budget and mid-range, what we consider budget mid-range yeah. at Tech Advisor. But the, yeah, the, the picture quality could be found on a six hundred pound phone, I think. You know, something yep. like one of the kind of uh, the, the light versions of like a Oppo Find X something, perhaps. Yeah. It's probably in that that sort of region. So in that regard, it has achieved its goal of being their best camera phone to date. It is. I think it would probably outrank the mm-hmm. GT, which launched in China, which has just another 64 sensor again. Um, so, yeah, it's also a very light and thin device, impressively so. Uh, really nice to use. Uh, industry for your fingerprint sensor is a bit rubbish. Um, The screen is fine, but 60 hertz when I know that there's a 120 hertz phone for the same money. The same price. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that the chipset is is the same as last year in the Realme 7 Pro, um, it kind of does show a little bit like you can play PUBG mobile on medium graphics, which is fine. But I'm getting UI stutter or just sluggish um, responsiveness just using the phone, like not even doing anything demanding. And you can see that so yeah 279 it, it's not a bad device i think we gave it i gave it four stars so you know if you got this you wouldn't be disappointed especially if you got it for the camera um but it's just it i can't recommend it um over the xiaomi just because you get more for your money hardware wise software is yep. a different story um if you like if you're okay with Xiaomi's miui then fine if not Realme UI 2.0, which is also new to this phone, is is easier on the eyes and easier on the brain in terms of just getting around, um, and it's yep, got some I nice prefer it. yeah personal, personalization features is is a whole thing in uh, Realme UI 2.0. But generally speaking, it's yeah, based
0: on Color OS, right? Realme UI is pretty. Yes, it's not it's not Color OS, but it is they've taken Color OS and used that as a framework, so it's pretty close. Yeah,
1: I think Realme UI one was Color seven, and that was very similar. The changes that they've made in UI two feel more distinctly different okay. compared to ColorOS eleven, which actually is what followed seven. Yes. Ignore there was some numbers missing.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, they did do that. An- yeah. yeah. So
1: ColorOS eleven and Realme UI two are a little bit more different than their previous versions were. Interesting. So okay. there is some kind of like forking there. So it is getting a little bit more unique in that regard and more distinctly mm-hmm. Realme. Um. But yeah. It's. It's. It's no bad thing it's just kind of really yeah, personalization is is the main thing there it's got a head from jack um it's just not a phone it's hard to get excited about this when i know what else is out yeah. there
0: there was also that one funny thing and it is a small thing but they slightly lowered the charging speed oh yeah yeah charging is great pro.
1: <laughs> i think yeah. in our tests versus the 7 pro which had 65 watt fast charging and the same size 4500 hour battery uh, yeah. that got to 92% in 30 minutes which is amazing this got to 82% in 30 minutes. So right. <laughs> either way, you're gonna get battery life. That is, is a good good point actually. Battery life is stupendous on this. Uh I reckon you can get about two days per charge. Um in our nice. like benchmarking it was yeah, insanely good. Um Although I don't really hold a lot of, I don't trust benchmarks massively in terms of real-world translation. But yes, 50 watt fast charging. They put a 65 watt charger in box. I'm not sure why they couldn't just put a 50 watt charger in box. But I guess they had 65 they watt just... chargers already. So yeah, throw it out there. But yeah, but it's 50 I, watt charging is still. I would
0: love still... to know. I would love to know the design decisions that lead you to. It's not a cost saving on the charger because you're still giving away the 65 watt one. Yeah. So what what is it about the phone that makes it more sense? Is it that you have 55 50 watt charging components around and it just they're cheaper to use? Is it a heating issue because we know you know the faster the charging, the hotter it runs? Is it space saving? I know the faster charging can make the phone phones a little bit thicker partly because again they need more cooling. Um, I'd I'd be curious to know, but I, I'm sure we won't it's, get a straight answer out of them. Yeah, this is a it's very probably all device. of those
1: things. Um, and mm, I guess yeah. I should also mention what we're on Realme 8. Like obviously that's that's. In a nutshell, my review of the phone: it's good, but get the Redmi if you want that yep. kind of phone. Uh, the eight <laughs> is um, like the seven to the uh, seven Pro to the eight Pro. The eight, sorry, <laughs> confusing myself now. Like the seven Pro <laughs> to the eight Pro, the seven to the eight, it is basically a minor spec lift. It's the same chipset. Yeah. Um, it just runs the new version of Realme UI. It has that slightly higher res main camera um that's the main switch displays oh yes yes it also has a 120 hertz yeah yeah so so the the
0: seven was 120 hertz lcd now it's a 60 hertz amoled AMOLED for the eight but Um, yeah
1: and the the gap is
0: down depending on how you see it
1: um and we don't have that in the uk yet but it is likely coming to the uk and europe and also during the launch they didn't showcase a 5g device within the Realme 8 line but they said that 5g and the real me 8 brand will meet soon um and yep. you know it was the same with the 7 5g that came a bit later so we can assume there'll yep. be a real me 8 5g in due course
0: and going again by the 7 series pricing that will probably be priced close to the pro
1: in that probably the two, same two seven nine. they love price that number two seven
0: nine for the Realme me 8
1: 5g i'll call it now
0: yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that looks like really a, a pretty compelling offering, but uh, as ever, it's really hard to beat Xiaomi on pure specs for the money because, especially in this budget segment, mm. they just roll over everyone else. Uh, and that is exactly what we're going to see <laughs> going into the Poco F3 and X3 Pro. Uh, Poco is yet another kind of Xiaomi spin off subsidiary. Uh, and once again, they have just churned out really astonishing specs for the prices they are uh, they are trying to sell these phones at um so the F3 for context is the successor to the Poco phone F1 uh, there was a Poco F2 Pro yeah. but there was never an F2 and everyone was always waiting them for them to do an F2 and for a <laughs> while they teased that they were still going to do a standard F2 and I guess eventually they just decided it had been so long that it, it should be the F3 instead and it made more sense so that's where the F3 comes in uh, the x3 pro is a follow-up to the x3 nfc we've already mentioned that is was our pick of the best budget phone last year uh, came in at 200 pounds in the uk and delivered absolutely phenomenal core specs i think the only downsides were it was a pretty bulky big design and the camera was yeah fine um the X3 pro doesn't change very much it is the same big bulky design it's the exact same dimensions it looks exactly the same it just comes in a few new colors uh, it's the same screen, it's the same battery as the uh, global NFC version, though that means it's a smaller battery than the Indian release of the X3. Uh, the big change, essentially, is the chipset, because it has jumped from the 732G, which is the same one that was in that Redmi phone we were talking about, up to the Snapdragon 860, which is... This is the first phone to use it, maybe the only phone to use it, we'll see. And... Um, This is an overclocked version of the 855. It's an 855++ because we already had an 855+. (laughs) Um, But that is really impressive in a 200-pound phone because, yes, this is a two-year-old chip. Yes, it's 4G, not 5G. But, you know, if you take even the 765G, like the top 7-series chip from last year, it didn't come close to the 855 in the core benchmarking, you know, in, in, in core kind of CPU and graphics benchmark tests. So suddenly, it actually makes a lot of sense to use this old flagship hardware. Um, This will now almost certainly be the most powerful 4G chip you can get, and it means, from a pure like you know gaming 4G gaming phone perspective, which again is really where they're positioning it, this is going to be close to flagship performance in games, but at a fraction of the price because the X3 Pro, really impressively, starts at 199, which is the same price that the X3. Uh, or x3 nfc started that so they haven't even gone for a price hike they've hit the exact same starting price and just knocked the x3 down a bit on the store Uh, so it's 200 pounds and you're getting what was a flagship chip not very long ago which is amazing pretty mental um if if that is your priority just pure heart like spec performance you were not going to do any better at anywhere near this price than the x3 pro i think
2: um, is it 90 hertz
0: or anything like that? It is 120 hertz. Oh, wow. It's fine. an LCD, not AMOLED, <laughs> but it's 120 hertz LCD. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, like like the X3 Pro was, it's, it's uh, just FHD plus, but you know that's still you know plenty good for what it is. Uh, 33 watt charging, uh, if I'm if I'm remembering right, um, and and you do get NFC. Um, like I said, it's got the same downsides as the X3 NFC. From looking at it on paper, is just pretty chunky it's more than 200 grams it's pretty thick i don't really like the design very much uh, but if you're willing to set those things aside because you just want like specs for the price it's uh it's just so aggressively priced for what it's delivering is... um you know in mean that you can't it's hard to believe that they're, they're making money off it you know
1: <laughs> where's it releasing is it in your exclusive or do we know if it's coming to the west or
0: no, the X3 Pro is coming out uh, everywhere. It is a global launch. or well, right. not everywhere, everywhere, but pretty much everywhere that Xiaomi operates will get this. It is coming to the UK. It is coming out across Europe. Uh, it is also coming out in India, um, th- which is also interesting because I think before launch, we thought it might be an Indian-only model, um, but it does appear to be global. Um, and then there's the F3, which is kind of equally exciting. It's a slightly higher price point. This one, is uh, the F3 is £329 uh in the uk and i think 350 euros so it's getting a little more into the mid-range and out of the budget Uh, but here you're getting the snapdragon 870 so that's last year's flagship chip um, overclocked in a 330 pound phone which again is pretty wild this is the same chip we've seen in the moto g100 and that's comfortably more expensive Uh, so this is again very aggressively priced uh, it's also, it's the same so 6.7 inch uh, display 120 hertz. this time it's AMOLED rather than LCD, it's also got a 360Hz touch sampling rate so it's also great for gaming performance um, what's also impressive here is it looks the part 2 which I said that's my big hesitation with the X3 is it's chunky and a bit ugly um, this has got a much more minimalistic aesthetic it's much closer looking to what Xiaomi's been doing with its Mi 11 stuff uh, much more stripped back it's also a lot thinner. It is less than 8 millimeters thick, mm. uh, which means it's comfortably thinner than those OnePlus phones I was ragging on. But it means this is like a svelte, well-designed, um, slim phone that's got still an astonishingly powerful uh, central chip. Great-looking display, in theory. Uh, 4,500 mAh battery, 33 watt charging. So really, the only downside you're going to see here is that the camera's probably going to be fine
1: do they say poco down the back in big letters
0: <laughs> not on this one Whew. uh on on the x3 pro yes uh, <laughs> of, on the f on the f3 technically there are two designs there's these black and white models like either there's a black model and a white model they're very minimalist and plain they just say poco in in the corner in small letters there is a blue version which has more of a jazzy design to the back it's got some lines and angles that meet in the middle and, and that says poco in in i'll say medium size letters <laughs> <laughs> uh, in in the middle at an angle. It, it's no Dare to Leap. It's, it's not on that scale at all.
1: Um, I, I do, I guess, should mention that uh, I think there's like two shades of black and a shade of blue for this phone. In India, there is also, I think it's called Illuminating Yellow and it's basically pulling a, a leaf out of the Oppo Find X5 or whatever, three range in China, wherever we're at. Um, it has yeah. glow-in-the-dark Dare to Leap and they glow in the dark cameras around, <laughs> and it is yellow oh, no. in the day. So there is that version. I just, I, as you reminded me, as you are talking about all these design touches, yeah. amazing. So we don't get that one here in the rest of the world, but there is Thank a glow in the dark version of this phone if you want <laughs> it, which maybe makes it worth it over the <laughs> Xiaomi after just all. Pure novelty. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Nothing. Nothing quite that egregious in in the Poco series design wise, <laughs> um, but yeah, these are. Yeah, both sitting in a similar space where, again, they're doing these eight series chips at a, at a budget price point cheaper than anyone else will be able to do them for a while, I reckon. Um, and yeah, it, it, the, the it's the standard Poco pitch, which is really towards gamers in a way because they know those are the people willing to make sacrifices in other areas to get the strongest performance in an affordable device. Um, but if that's who you are, these two both look like they're going to be the most competitive phones at their price points for that market a long way
1: Yeah, it's really a victim of, of timing this phone the more the <laughs> xiaomi does the worse yeah, exactly. this phone gets as i hold it it's like withering it's, in my hands
0: it, the f3 <laughs> is 50 pounds more than that one for the uk pricing so it's it's not you know it's not in the same space you've got to go up a little bit but you're suddenly jumping from a 720g to an 870 um, a massive processor leap um, i suspect the real me would win on the camera and that is still the compromise here poco is not like the f3 is a 48 megapixel camera um i think it will be fine uh, the x3 pro they've actually downgraded the camera specs relative to the x3 nfc just in little ways but just you know the aperture is a bit narrower the megapixel counts changed a little bit but again i think it just really reflects them realizing where their audience's priorities are which is you want a camera that's good enough that takes decent pics you can put them on instagram and be happy with them you can take some holiday photos whatever but you don't buy a Poco for the camera, and I think they've accepted that. And that's really the uh, the contrast, because obviously Realme is kind of going all in and being the trying to be the the best budget camera phone. Essentially, mm. I guess seems to be where they're trying to pitch themselves, at least with the A Pro. Yeah, for sure. Whereas are you, are you... Poco just all in on the uh, on the gamer market.
2: It seems uh, as long as you're okay with the. Uh that phobia of holes that that module on the v- Realme looks like it is a new I module mean, yes, design they've they've ditched the straight <laughs> yeah.
1: line it's now like a lego brick i think of like the top of a, oh, a yeah. two thinking, by two yeah, yeah, like a duplo yeah yeah pretty much
2: yeah if you've got that phobia not a good phone <laughs> no oh
1: it's better than the was it the nokia PureView. view Nine yeah there's not nine yes. of you nightmare. yeah that's that. it's
0: it's not a nightmare, nightmare that would one. take some beating okay. <laughs> I, was on, I mean on that note I didn't mention the new segment earlier but there's a new uh, Huawei p50 render this week oh, yeah which will also set that off. I really hope <laughs> this is just a speculative render and it's not real because it looks awful um, but it's that that we've spoken before about the the previous render that showed two huge circular camera modules uh, yeah, camera lenses on the rear. Uh, this this render imagines that in fact those aren't two lenses those are like circular containers for the other lenses and that one of them has one lens in and the other one features like four lenses (laughs) crammed into that space so it is holes within holes within holes (laughs) on the back of the phone Um, properly nightmarish stuff I really hope that's not the real design (laughs) it's awful
1: Um, I just spotted a comment. So, we've had a quick yeah, question in the comments. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Uh, so, would we pick the S21 Plus or the OnePlus 9 Pro?
0: S21 Plus. Easy.
1: S21 Plus. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yep. And, yeah. you know, again, this is the first year I would say that. You know, last year, if you'd asked yeah. me the same question, it would have been hands down the 8 Pro over the S20 Plus. Same. But um, for sure, the the cam- especially if cameras is what you're looking for, the camera will comfortably outperform the, the OnePlus 9 Pro. Um, Yeah, it doesn't have a proper telephoto, but actually the digital crop Samsung does on those is very good. And honestly, the telephoto on the 9 Pro isn't that great anyway. So I I don't really think you're seeing a a particular improvement there. Um, And otherwise, it's just it's a nice looking phone. It's slimmer. It's better designed. Um, I guess the big thing you're losing is charging speeds. Um, Much, much, much faster charging on the OnePlus. But as long as that's not your top priority, I think you're better off with the Samsung personally.
1: Agreed. There we
2: go.
0: Cool. Um, I think that will cover us for this week, so thank you to everyone who's been watching and listening. We will be back next week as ever to cover the Xiaomi Mega Launch, Uh, and whatever else happens to come up. Uh, Hopefully I'll be able to talk about the Vivo X60, unless a load of other things get announced in between, and we don't have the time to talk about that. Uh, And also the Moto G100, we might be able to uh, ramble on about a little bit once we've tested the thing. But, until then, uh... Have a good week, I guess. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> yeah,
1: cheers, cheers guys. Bye.